Hello, everyone, and welcome to tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bosarge. Normally, I would say my co-host, Shane P. Allen, but Shane is out of pocket tonight. So we call, we go to the bullpen, and we bring in our man, Brad Menendez, contributor for Draft Countdown. Brad, we are 161 days, 22 hours, 59 minutes, and 30 seconds away from the 2023 NFL Draft. Can you feel the excitement starting to go i mean you look at at the heisman lists you see names on there you didn't expect you get excited and draft season's nearly upon us i mean i'm starting to see people firing up more and more content and and that's exciting i mean i'm excited that i get to fill in for shane i mean i'm a less attractive version of shane and hopefully he's enjoying himself wherever he is i will do my best to fill in as admirably as i can but i'm excited to talk about senior bowls i'm excited to talk about these games that have been going on this has been a crazy college season and it's been a good crazy college season but how are you, Brian? How is it, my friend? I am doing just fine, man. Uh, it's probably not as cold here as it is where you are, but uh, the temperature is starting still. to drop a little bit here, and I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, anybody in the chat with us tonight live, drop you a question over there. We're going to answer them at the end of this show. Normally, we just do draft and college football questions, but since we got a fantasy guru with us here tonight, we'll take some fantasy football questions, too, if you have them. Uh, if you're uh, on Twitter, send us a question at Draft Countdown there. Or if you're on our uh, on our Discord, and if you're not, go to DraftCountdown.com, uh, top right corner of the screen there. Join our Discord, and uh, yeah, because Twitter's probably going to go away here pretty soon. So everybody's going to need to come on over to the Discord there and uh, keep keep this good discussion up. So yeah, just go there, sign up, and we'll uh, we'll answer your questions that you asked there as well. Uh, Brad, you mentioned uh, Senior Bowls talks getting here. And last week, uh, while we were on the air, uh, by the end of the show, they had five uh, players that accepted invites to the Senior Bowl. That number has now swollen to, I believe, 37. So we've got 30 – 32 players that we haven't talked about yet have accepted invites to the Senior Bowl. We're not going to go in-depth on all 32 because we ain't got that kind of time. But uh, I've got them listed alphabetically by college, Brad. So are you ready to to go quickly through these 32 guys? I mean, as quickly as we possibly can, right? That's right. Uh, From Appalachian State, we have their linebacker, edge rusher, Nick Hampton, beast uh, beast off the edge there for those guys. And Cameron Peoples, who I accurately predicted would get the call here, uh, despite his limited market share there for his own team, but uh, could be the uh, this year's version, uh, similar to Chris Evans a couple of years ago, who came down to the Senior Bowl without getting a whole lot of carries. Not similar players, right? I right, would right. say, no, but similar, similar uh, limited action, so to speak. Uh, but Peoples, he's a bulldozer, man, and. Uh, Tough to bring down, finishes those runs. So, App State, uh, what, what about those two guys, Hampton and uh, Cameron Peoples? I love to see schools like Appalachian State get guys in the Senior Bowl because it really starts, it's a program that they're trying to do things the right way. They've been building it. Um, so, I'm excited about it. I think he's he's one of those guys that you could see with a good combine, with good Senior Bowl, like him really shoot up into some serious early day three consideration and and that's cool and that's exciting i mean that's the thing i love about draft season is guys like this can shoot up and and when it comes to those positions especially the running back position any anything's possible once you get to the bowl because guys start looking at the traits over the production from college they start to see well 
what can this guy be in our offense? And I think both of these two can really be exciting at the senior bowl. I mean, especially against some of the other talent they're going to be facing. That's right. Auburn uh, will always have a presence at the senior bowl, obviously, but uh, they've had five players invited so far, but only one has sent the invitation back yet. I expect the other four will as well, but you know, maybe the the mail's slow. You know, down uh, I-85, down I-10 there. It's a long track. It's it's three hours. It's 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 three hours. I've driven it. Um, but there uh, maybe a guy not a whole lot of people know about their edge rusher Eku Leota, six four two fifty seven there for Auburn. He's an interesting prospect because he's got the size and athletic profile, but you haven't. I mean, there's things when you watch the tape, you're like, I wish I could see a little bit more. But then there's times where you're like, oh, this guy really's got some interesting tools. So I'm. I'll be fun. It'll be fun to see him off the edge against some of the offensive linemen that will inevitably come. That'll be really talented, and that'll really give him an opportunity to kind of showcase what he can do because he's got some interesting moves. Nothing better than those one on ones, man, down at the Bowl and seeing those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of a guy who's going to be a load in those one on ones, and that's Baylor nose tackle Siaki Ika, six four three fifty. This is a big horse. He is massive, but it almost feels like you you already know which teams are going to be looking at a guy like that. I mean, because very few teams really deploy a guy that can be that massive. I mean, does he not scream Pittsburgh Steelers nose tackle of the future, right? I mean, I know Shane's not here, and he could talk about him better because he's probably already been watching him because he knows what his team likes. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if these two are going to end up on the same team at the Senior Bowl to see a potential one-on-one matchup there, but – Chattanooga guard McClendon Curtis, 6'5", 340. I've watched this guy, and, man, he is tough. He is a tough guy. A lot of people who were familiarized themselves with Cole Strange last year, they've already seen McClendon Curtis on the tape, and he's going to be uh, fun to watch down there in Mobile. Isn't he, isn't he like 6'6", six, six, like 320 or 330 6'5", 340. Listen, Ooh, big dude. Just a big boy. I mean, and – some of these guys, and it's really intriguing, and that's the thing I love about the draft process, is that you'll see a guy, and then he'll shoot up the boards because he's got some intangible. I mean, just like you mentioned with Cole Strange. I mean, when Clemens, I haven't watched a ton of Chad New games, but I've watched a few this year, and every time you're like, wow, he's just heads and tails better than the competition when he's taken on, you know, when he's taken on those linemen. So I'll be interested to see what happens when he's facing maybe another level of competition at the Senior Bowl because he could really showcase some skills that get him drafted much earlier than people would expect. That's a fact. Uh, Florida State's had two guys so far, uh, and Florida State's been down talent-wise. Uh, I think it's obvious, but it feels like Mike Norville's got that program headed in the right direction. Yep. Uh, at least I don't hear people clamoring for Dion to take over for Mike Norville no. anymore. Uh, no. Now, Auburn, on the other hand, maybe, but – uh, but they they bring in two guys, Fabian Lovett, another de- uh, interior defensive line prospect, 6'4", 306. He's more of the uh, pass rush upside guy than maybe Ika is uh, on the inside. And Jamie Robinson, their uh, safety slash nickel corner, could be one of the better nickels uh, in this class. And this this dude, can he can tackle, man, uh, for a smaller 5'11", 199 guy. No fear. Uh coming out of the slot there. And if you're playing slot in the NFL or playing the nickel, you've got to be able to uh, make those tackles. So well, uh, 
And you're seeing teams really target that position higher and higher in the draft because you need a good nickel. Like you, you can't just have any corner slide in and be a nickel. I mean, you really have to have a specific type of player. And this, and he does look like the prototypical nickel of the NFL today. I mean, and he's a hitter, man. There's a few tackles I've seen him. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's about to cut that guy in half. I mean, so he's he's one that I'm really excited about seeing of the Florida State guys that have accepted so far. He's the one that I'm most excited to see in this process. Because he could go, you know, I mean, obviously I'd be guessing, but, you know, early day three prospect. And for just playing the nickel, I mean, it's crazy to think about. Five, ten years ago, you'd have never seen a team draft that position at all. I mean, they just throw a guy in there. It makes me sad that he transferred away from DBU. <laughs> but uh, Florida State know. used to be a school to produce some talented <laughs> defensive backs. I mean, they've, they've had some rough years here as of late, but. It, it looks like, like you said, Norvell really is turning the corner and, and building a better program. I mean, I mean, even this year, you know, they're playing better than I thought they would when I looked at their schedule early on. Um, Illinois has a one defender in so far. That's Jarte, and I say so far because I expect at least one more uh, secondary member from Illinois to uh, be coming along at yep. some point. But uh, Jartavius Martin, a guy I'm not overly familiar with, uh, wasn't high on my board, but a uh, fifth-year player, six foot 195, we have him listed as a safety. Yeah, and it looks – when I've watched – and this year I've watched a handful of Illinois games, um, it looks like they kind of use him in a few different positions. They kind of move him around in the secondary, probably more so because he's a veteran and he knows their scheme – uh, but the thing I like about him is that they'll use him in the box. And you've seen, you know, when you check the stats, he's got, I'm sure he's got a few tackles for loss each season and he's behind the line of scrimmage going after guys. And I think that's an intriguing option uh, when you're, when you're starting to look later in day three and even potentially UDFA guys, like he's one of those that you could get. And um, I think of my lines with taking Chase Lucas as a later guy that maybe you could slide in because he was a veteran and did some things in college that showed, but maybe he needs a little bit more coaching like, this guy seems like that perfect late pick that you could develop into maybe a core special teamer or something like that. For sure. Um, pair of Cyclones here from Iowa State. Uh, big wide receiver Xavier Hutchinson, one of the uh, more high-volume guys uh, out there this year uh, catching passes. He, I believe that one came in maybe today. And Will McDonald. Uh, edge rusher. It feels like we've been talking about him for a few years now, but finally it looks like he's ready to uh, turn that corner or bend the edge, if you will, uh, so to speak. Uh, but he's he's really talented at getting after the quarterback. Yeah, and and edge rushers tend to be a premium anymore. You can't have enough edge rushers in the NFL. Uh, Hutchinson will be interesting because there's so many talented receivers coming out this year. It'll be interesting to see kind of how he stacks up. I mean, I think he's got, what, 90, 95 catches already this year. I mean, the dude just gets tons of targets. Uh, but I don't really know what to make him in the NFL. Is he somebody's number one receiver? Is he a big slot at 6'3"? But he's, I think he's a little undersized. I think he's like weight-wise like 205, 210, something like that. So they slide him in and be a slot guy. I mean, it's I, – I don't know what the NFL is going to see with him, how they want to play him. And that really determines where they draft him at. I tell you, the, the senior bowl practices and those one-on-ones that we, we always talk about, that will go a long way to determining – how we feel about him because can he separate? And that's that tends to be the thing you want to see from these bigger wide receivers is can they can they create their own separation? So 
uh, just something to keep in mind with with uh, Xavier Hutchinson. Uh, Jackson State on the board here, and a guy I know Shane's a big fan of, their linebacker, Aubrey Miller Jr., uh, six-year player, 6'2", 225. I do believe I talked about him in an article on the draft countdown early on when I was talking Jackson State. I mean, it, you know, Detroit drafted a linebacker from them last year, and if this kid should easily go much sooner than Detroit. I think Detroit took – uh, fifth round, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy's in the conversation for third, fourth round, somewhere in there, because he's got everything you could ask for. I mean, I don't know what Dion's been putting in the water down there, but he's really doing such a good job building this program and, and producing NFL talent. Uh, I'm excited to see him for sure. Maybe one of the more underrated running back prospects uh, in this class, with the exception of one problem he has, <laughs> is uh, Chris Rodriguez from Kentucky. Uh, can hit the home run, man, runs runs through tackles. But, man, does he fumble a lot. You know, I would say because Tiki Barber made a career out of it, even with the fumble issue, anybody could. But nowadays, teams don't let you play very long if you can't hold the ball. So they're going to be if, – if somebody really does believe he can make their team better, they'll figure out a way, you know, uh, to work on – getting that ball up, secure it, bring it close, you know. Uh, but his talent is just off the charts. I mean, he's he's an exciting player to watch. So I, I hope he gets those fumbles resolved. Uh, Louisville sending one so far, and that's edge rusher Yaya Diaby, 6'4", 270. Uh, solid run defender, good pass rusher as well. So we're seeing a lot of these talented edge guys uh, commit so far. Yeah, I mean, it, it's an interesting situation to have so many talented ones, but at what point – do they you you can't have them all drafted and is this one the thing that I always look at with these guys is can they can they bring an extra gear and really just disrupt things and I I haven't watched enough of him I mean I probably only watched two games where I've been like oh I'm paying attention to him specifically so it'll be interesting to see uh, I've got them on my list to watch because now that he's going to the Senior Bowl that means we got to pay very close attention because he'll be an interesting prospect to watch. Uh, Maryland has sent a triumvirate of players so far, and Jacorian Bennett, solid corner prospect, Mobile native mm-hmm. as well, so that always helps. Uh, potentially the best kicker in the draft, Chad Ryland. Uh, but the one we're going to talk about here is potential top 15 pick, Jalen Duncan, offensive tackle. Could be could be OT1 in this class. You think we- so? What do you like about him the most? Just crazy power, man. And just his easy – he has easy feet. I like, I like his feet. I like his easy feet, man. And it's like you see just he, he doesn't get bothered by much of anything at all. And I always like that cool, 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 calm and collected, if you will, uh, on that left side. Uh, I really like Jalen Duncan. I, I don't know if he ends up OT. I still think that's going to be Fashanu uh, when it's all said and done, when this process is over. But uh, Duncan could leave Mobile as uh, as OT two for sure. Well, so my so my question, and, and I I have not asked you guys before. Is there a specific height where you start to get a little nervous about those tackles facing those edge guys that really dip when they're coming? Because isn't Duncan six six right? So that is is that a concern for you at all when they're facing some of these DNs that just get low and they just rip off the edge, that force, the power? Is there any concern there for you, or you think this guy's just a plug and play starter from day one? 
I think he's a plug and play star from day one, but it see it does it does seem like with the way everything comes around, right? Like we wanted these, we we went away from maybe the smaller guys where, mm-hmm. but now it's like, I guess as as long as his arm length checks out, I think we'll be okay uh, when, when that when that happens. Uh, Michigan State wide receiver Jaden Reed uh, commits today. Uh, on on my uh, offensive predictions, he was if you if you want to do bracket bracketology, he was my last one out. <laughs> Took him out at the last minute. Put in Jacob Cowing, who may still end up, you know, getting the call here. But uh, a little disappointed that I I made that swap. Now didn't get that point. Well, the unfortunate thing is Michigan State hasn't done any favors to a lot of the players this year that deserve to be recognized and. Reed is still shown enough that uh, he shouldn't have a problem. But this is I'm really excited to see this wide receiver class as a whole because there's so many talented guys that are coming out that it'll be interesting to see where they slot Jaden Reed in with it. Like he in my mind, if he shows out really well throughout the process, he really could boost his draft stock. But then if he goes to Mobile and just doesn't look great or or has a DB really show him up, I mean he could be one of those that quickly falls off in the draft process. So he's one of those where I kind of have him on the edge. So I would have agreed with you. If you put those two together, I just said, well, yeah, I could see why you did what you did when you're thinking who's in. So, um, Ole Miss seems to be sending a lot of receivers to the league. And the next one up appears to be Jonathan Mingo, uh, who has accepted his invite. 6'2", 225, another one of those big receivers uh, and another high-volume guy. Uh, like Hutchinson. And and that's and that's kind of there's that tier of those receivers that have a lot of volume. The stats look great, but what thing stands out? You know, with Hutchinson, we've got concerns about can he separate, can he get off? Mingo's another one of those where I want to see him facing the best one-on-one and, and and just watching and seeing how he moves, how his breaks are, can he can he confuse guys with his hips when he's cutting and moving and you know, because there are so many receivers in this draft class that I think have talent, it's like, well, how are they going to differentiate themselves from the others? So Mingo is an interesting one to watch because, like you said, Ole Miss is quickly becoming wide receiver U. I mean, everybody's coming out of there and going to the league. Shane has been harping on this guy the last few weeks, and I haven't watched Northwestern yet. I'm doing it this week. We're going to talk about it later. Uh, but their edge rusher, and let's just try this here. Ada Tomiwa, Ada Baware, close enough. Anyway, what, what do you know about Double A here? I mean, he's another one. I, I have heard uh, Shane talking and talking him up a bit here and there. I, I'll be interested to see with him. I want to see him try to fight through some of the moves. Like, I want to see another move out of him. It seems like he just kind of has this one specific thing that he does. And he does a good job at it, which is why he's getting invites to the Senior Bowl. But I want to see him take his game to another level. Um, I think I think he's got a chance, but you know, I think it's an uphill battle because how often is Northwestern sending defensive linemen to the league and, and guys like this? So it'll be interesting to see kind of what he brings to the table that separates himself from some of these other names we've mentioned off the edge. We've talked about receivers, uh, big receivers who couldn't separate. Well, now we're up to one who can because he's really fast. And that's Princeton wide receiver Andre Yoshivas, uh, track guy out of high school. And was it something like a 60-meter champion or something out of high school? It's 
insane speed. I watched him one game this season. Apparently, I watched the only game that he didn't play. He <laughs> caught three balls for 39 yards. Shane watches him the next week. He goes for 200. So it's like, what can you do? Uh, but, no, this guy I think is – he's going to be a household name after the Senior Bowl. I, I do believe I'm going to call that now. I like it, calling your shot. You know, when you watch, and I'm sure you've heard it time and time again, when you watch these smaller school guys and they're facing lesser competition, you want to see them dominate, he dominates. I mean, anytime that that I've watched Princeton, and, and it's just to watch him, he's beating the guys pretty easily off. And, and you're right, he does have this get-off-the-line-of-scrimmage move that just they can't stop. I mean, and when you look back at his – his history he's got awards for everything you think of when it comes to running so i'm with you i think he'll be an interesting one to watch because he's coming out of a situation where he is so productive that i think teams are going to be looking at him closely and i think he can produce i think he has a chance to when you watch him he attacks the ball goes up goes after it with his hands he's not body catching very often from what i saw Uh, could correct me if i'm wrong i'm not an expert i just watch a lot of football so I'm excited about him. I like you're excited about him. And I think the senior bowl helped his draft stock significantly. Speaking of small school players, this is one I haven't watched yet. And um, I, I assume I will watch him at some point just to kind of get a feel for who he is before the senior bowl. But what he does on that tape is not going to matter to me because he's playing in division two and nothing that he does to West Finley state is going to uh, matter as to what he does, you know, late January in Mobile. And that's Tyson Badgett from Shepard, 6'3", 215. Last Division II quarterback that came down here to Mobile was, uh, I can't remember his name, but he played at Tiffin, and it didn't work out. He was terrible. He was terrible here, didn't get drafted, and I've never, haven't heard from him since. Uh so, have you managed to watch any of the YouTube games of Tyson Badgett yet? Uh, yeah, I have seen some clips here and there. It's interesting. I mean, he's one of those guys that w- when the league looks at him, it wouldn't be surprised if they try to do something different with him. Like, yeah, he's got a good arm. Like, maybe he's a gadgety type guy, uh, and they they bring him in and do some things and maybe let him use his athleticism to make some things happen. I don't I really, it's hard for me to say any D2 guys going to make it to the league and, and be successful from that position because it's so hard. I mean, they really are in a tough spot down there. So, like I said, this is, I, I am fully going to take a wait and see approach till I see him with my own eyes in person at practice uh, before I render. Um, well, and, and is there anything he can do during senior bowl practice that really changes? I mean, because sometimes you just get lucky. Guy has a bad week of practice. Uh, he could take advantage of it, but is that really going to translate? I don't know. I, I mean, but to me, this is going to be the only chance I have to see him play against. I don't want to say real players, but anybody who is anybody who is going to play in the end. How many players has he played against his entire college career that are going to play on Sunday? Probably zero. Or close to. I, I don't know. Do they play Ferris State? Do they play the, in that conference? I don't know. I I, re- I don't know D two football as well. But I mean, there'll be a couple of guys from Ferris State or Grand Valley State that that pop in. But not many players uh, fr- from D two or. Uh, um, apparently, we have another player that has popped in here. Uh, 
Luke Musgrave, tight end from Oregon State, uh, is going to come in. The son of uh, Bill Musgrave, if I'm correct in that thinking, a uh, longtime coach, uh, Oregon State tight end. We'll get him added officially uh, to the list, but we're going to talk about him. Uh, we'll talk about him uh, really quick there. Uh, another guy, not a not a productive, overly productive fella there. No, but when you when you watch him, I think he'll be an interesting prospect for those teams that because he looks like a willing blocker. He looks like he's got some physicality to his game that I, and because he's the player that's come from a family lineage of being in the game, teams will take a hard look at him. So I think he's got a chance if he can really wow uh, and and learn and also go there and, and learn a lot from the staff. So I think he's an interesting name to watch for sure. He's definitely. Building my article for this week, he was definitely a name that uh, is on my long list to, as I was trying to build my top 12. Um, next in line, maybe, maybe, depending on how you feel about Jalen Duncan, but could be the highest rated player so far announced, and that's SMU wide receiver Rasheed Rice. I love him. God, who doesn't love oh, Rasheed man. Rice at this point in the process? This guy, I mean, I did not – I'll say this. I watched a lot of SMU football the last two years, and I saw Danny Gray last year. And I saw uh, Reggie Roberson. Was it Reggie? Or, anyway, and I yeah, love those guys. Yeah, Roberson. I mean, even going yeah. back, I mean, was and, Portland Sutton an SMU Re- guy? Yes, but Rasheed Rice stood out the last, last season, especially when Roberson went down with the injury – and then he continues to build on that momentum this year to where he's one of the best receivers in the country, uh, potential first-round pick, uh, another one that could cement that uh, status uh, down here in Mobile. Yeah, it's. I think he's another one that I had on my – I think when I wrote my top wide receivers for the upcoming draft, I, I'm pretty sure he was in my top top four or five. I mean, I really do like what, what he brings to the table. Uh, you know, he does a great job attacking the ball, just like you want to see a receiver see. Um, I think he does a good job in his route running. You know, his routes are pretty crisp. Uh, SMU's done a good job at producing NFL wide receivers as of late. So uh, this guy was already having me. I already had him on my short list to watch because of what SMU has been doing over the last few years. But he's just so talented. I mean, and he makes guys look silly. I mean, uh his routes are crisp. His body moves. His body motion is very fluid. I'm all in on on the Rice bandwagon. I I wish I had more shares of him in my fantasy Debbie leagues because I think he really will be productive at the NFL level. I don't know. I have. I'll be lying if I said I've watched a ton of Stanford this year. Uh, I know their offense is really bad, mm-hmm. but Michael Wilson, wide receiver from Stanford, six two two ten. He's coming in. Coming down here. Um, I was watching Stanford because I was trying to get my tight ends together. And when I'd watch him, he was about the only player that really looked like he, he deserved to be at the next level. Uh, quite honestly, I think he's, you know, obviously they're not doing him any service with the quarterback play and, and everything else that's going on around him, but he'll be interested to see at the senior bowl uh, just because it's such a loaded group. It might be tough for him, but I think he's got some talent and definitely something that'll be uh, fun to watch. Uh, Syracuse so far, one guy here, and that's offensive tackle Matthew Bergeron. Uh, I don't know that he sticks at tackle uh, at the next level. I think he could be one of those guys that ends up inside at guard. Yeah, I you know, I think 
I struggle with with watching. I watched him so I can see Sean Tucker. Really is what I'm. I'm watching them to watch Tucker. But when you watch him play, I don't know that he'd be able to hang with some of the really quick guys coming off the edge. Which is I think struggled against Foskey against uh, when I watched them against Notre Dame. He really struggled there against Isaiah Foskey. So it wouldn't surprise me. But he's got enough that you could slide him inside and he could be really productive with helping on the inside. I mean, put him up against some of those big nose tackles. This kid's what, 6'5", 6'6", 330-ish. I mean, he's a big kid and, and he's strong too. I mean, he it was just the speed that was killing him. He's a very strong kid. Uh, TCU, uh, number four team in the country, uh, TCU, has three players committed so far. We're going to gloss over Steve Avila, uh, center guard there. Going to gloss over Dylan Horton a little bit here. Because I want to talk about Darius Davis. 5'9", 160. Is he 5'9"? Probably not. <laughs> but there will not I, – I will dare say that if him and Yoshevis got in a, in a straight race, I'm not sure there's going to – I don't know who would win, but I know Darius Davis is fast, fast, fast and could be one of the best return men in this class as well. <sighs> Yes. Uh, the thing I struggle with, with what to make of that though. So are you drafting a guy just to be your return man? Are you, or are you hoping that he's a UDFA? I mean, this kid, when you watch him as a receiver, he's very good. I mean, he does a great job and TCU produces receivers. I mean, he, they definitely produce plenty of NFL talent. I just don't know if he can handle the size and physicality that the next level is going to bring. I mean, cause you're thinking about some of these guys at corner. I mean, even, you know, looking at my lines, Jeff Okuda's shutting down dudes, and he's only six foot, six one. You know, he's shutting down bigger guys. So looking at a smaller guy, can he get off the line and really use that explosiveness to beat guys so that he doesn't have to fight through a lot of press man coverage? I don't know. I don't know. I'm excited about him, though. I love seeing the smaller guys show up and, and show out at the Senior Bowl or even throughout the process. They deserve it. We were talking about Buzz coming out of the one-on-ones. He's going to get that because there's not going to be a lot of people that's going to keep up with him. Once he makes the cut, yeah. it's like – Can the quarterbacks out. get him the ball deep enough? Quick that's enough, yes. Now. Yeah, uh, it's it's going to be fun uh, to see. Another yeah. guy who could be one of the top drafted players uh, from the Senior Bowl is Texas Tech edge rusher Tyree Wilson. And mm. this guy has just gotten better and better – and better as the season's gone on. 6'6", 275. This is what you your prototypical NFL defensive end looks like right now is Tyree Wilson and the length. My God, the arm length this man has. Well, and he can play in any scheme. That's the thing that I really like about him is you could easily see him hand in the dirt as an edge on a 4-3, or you could see him stand up for a 3-4, or you could – I mean, like there's no scheme that – I think he would struggle in. I mean, and, and he, you can see it even with Texas Tech. I think he got, what, six, seven sacks on the season. He's just dominant, and he gets back there, and he wreaks havoc. And I'm I'm excited for him. I mean, this is just the next step in the in the career of him getting to the NFL and being a big big threat because everybody loves pass rushers. This guy's going to get drafted earlier just because he's a specialist at that position. He's very good. Could end up in the top ten, I've heard. Potentially. Could, I mean, it wouldn't surprise that. me. I mean, uh, UCF has a long snapper named Alex Ward. Didn't know if you were aware of that. He's a real person. Uh, apparently, he was committed to the Senior Bowl last year, then went back to school. But he's back this year. So, yay, hey, long every, snapper. Everybody needs a good long snapper. Uh, 
Virginia has a couple of players here. Uh, Anthony Johnson, a defensive back, could be a corner, could be a safety. Uh, wide receiver, Dontavian Wicks uh, gets the call here as well. But that's not the, the real news out of Virginia this week. When we had three players uh, on their team shot, killed by this sad situation uh, there. But two Virginia players coming in here. Uh, who, who do you like more here out of Johnson or, or Dontavian Wicks? Definitely prayers to the folks in Virginia. I mean, that's a terrible situation. I feel for their families and everybody involved. That's awful. Um, I think both players bring intrigue at their position group, right? I think you know, it, it really depends on what position you see in the secondary. So I would I at this point I want to see him at the senior bowl and I want to see him in one-on-ones before and I'm just gonna leave him off. Wicks is the guy that I think is gonna have the harder time just because I've already mentioned it, but the wide receiver group is really nice this year. Wicks is good, but I could see Wicks almost turning into a Jawan Johnson type role because he, there's some things that, about his game when it comes to separation. Again, you know, kind of like we talked about with Hutchinson, big, good receiver, can get a lot of things done uh, catching the ball. But I just, I'm hoping the Senior Bowl he can show out a little bit against these guys. But I'm, I'm a little nervous for Wicks going forward, even though I like the player. Uh, we have another player has come in here while we were talking, and we've got a punter from Michigan, punter. from Michigan State, Bryce Berenger. And let me tell you, I'm pumped for this one because the man wears 99 and wears the black horn rims in honor <laughs> of my man, Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn. I love it. Uh, we Bryce love Wild Badger. Thing. That, that's that, awesome. That's that's. that's well, that's really the only thing to talk about. Well, and I, I will say that kickers and punters are critical anymore because look, look at on Sunday how many of them just have trouble and they get in their head and they fall off and they quickly disappear. I mean, look at my Lions. They've gone through a, a new kicker every week, feels like, you know, unless you find those elite ones. So these guys are always fun to watch. It'll be interesting to see what happens for them. Well, I, I'm trying not to talk good about any punters or kickers anymore because the last time I did that on this podcast – the punter turned out to be a creep, so I don't want I don't want to do that anymore. We won't hold that against you. Mistakes happen, right? Oh, uh, and finally here, and I do mean finally because now this makes our thirty sixth player we talked about <laughs> in this first thirty five minutes here. Keanu Benton, Wisconsin uh, defensive lineman. Is he going to be more of a nose or more of a uh, standard? You know, you know three tech. <sighs> I don't know. He's he could be. I mean, when you watch Wisconsin, especially being in the Big Ten, I got I watch a lot of Big Ten ball. He's probably more of a nose, but I don't. It just depends on what it. It depends on what scheme he goes into because he could be somebody's big three tech or he's somebody's small nose tech. I don't know. It, it it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think he deserves to be there, so it's good that he's he made it to the Senior Bowl. It'll be fun to watch him against some of these big offensive linemen. Him against Bergeron would be fun to watch. Uh, we have breaking news. We have another. <laughs> uh Devin Witherspoon was the other Illinois uh defensive oh. back I alluded to earlier. Uh I think he's going to be drafted higher than uh his teammate there, um Jartavius Martin. Yeah, probably. But it, it's mostly because size, right? I mean, Witherspoon's yeah. six foot, six one. I mean, he's got he's more cornerback size. If somebody's looking for an outside guy, I mean Witherspoon would be the guy they're looking at. Um he's he's Big, if I remember correctly, he's he's still got room to add some weight on his frame and still be as explosive. So it'll be fun to watch. I mean, 
Of the two, I would agree with you, though. Witherspoon probably gets drafted earlier just because he could be a team's outside corner and not just kind of more of a nickel. All right, that's it for the senior bowl. If Even if they announce any more, it's going to wait till next week. That's, what I'm hearing it. is that is that they're watching and they're just keeping out some more. Like, I think so. They're doing it. How, how long will they can, will they make this segment? Uh, Brad, last week, uh, a lot of good games on the college football docket. Uh, normally in this segment, we uh, we talk about one offense and one defensive prospect that stood out to us last week. I'll start here with offense and uh, Oklahoma running back Eric Gray. Kind of became the forgotten forgotten prospect if you will uh after he struggled a bit last year struggled to the start of the season uh he seems to be finding his groove uh now last week 25 carries 211 yards two touchdowns really showed that uh skill set off that made him the apple of so many uh evaluators eye yeah he definitely has shown this year that he needs to be in the conversation as one of probably the top four or five at, at the position. Uh, I'm with you. He, he had a great week and, and continues to add to the profile. I'm excited to see what happens for him. Uh, any of these prospects stood out for you on offense this week? Yeah, I got to go. I got to go to my maze of blue, Blake Horm. Um, he continues, even though going into the season, I really wasn't sure if it was the Hassan Haskins was good and Corum was able to piggyback off of that. But then as we got into the season, I mean, from day one on, Corum has just been a big play threat. Uh, I don't know what teams are going to look at him as at the next level. It'll be interesting to see the, the numbers in the process and, and how he does uh, throughout the draft process. But I really like what he can do. He's explosive. He's physical. Uh, he brings that word my Lions love to use, grit. Like, this dude's angry. He's an angry runner, and he's but he's smaller, though. And that's that'll be what I find interesting is what teams see him as. Is he just a – you know, uh, third down running back, receiver out of the backfield, or is he somebody that a team's going to trust with first, second down work? I don't know. Oh, I'm a big fan of Blake Corm. Uh, I'll say good. That. Uh, on, de- on defense this week for me, we we've, we've talked about nickels and how they need to be physical and tackle at the next level. I think that was exemplified this week with Texas and. Uh, against TCU and what was a tight game, their their nickel corner, Jade Barron, uh, against TCU had 11 tackles. Eight of those were solo tackles, three and a half for loss, and he also returned. Texas's only touchdown this week was a 48-yard fumble return by uh, Barron. So uh, he caught my eye this week for sure. Yeah, I, you know, I think he'll be one of those that it, size matters, right? He, what is he, 5'10"? So is the team going to look at him as their nickel? Uh, because I think he's better than that, though. I think he's got the ability and the profile. I, I wouldn't surprise me if he ran, you know, kind of mid four fours at the combine. Like he's got good speed. When you, I mean, like you said, he took that fumble back, and uh, I'm excited about his prospects because Texas is a team that is coming back. I mean, they they're doing uh, their program is building at least better. I mean, look at some of these guys. There's some draftable prospects coming up through the ranks. I haven't been then able they, to say that in recent years. They have not been able to say that in recent years. Although, you know, I, I watch plenty of people's videos of throwing their Ewers jerseys in the garbage. So I don't, man, people, I feel bad for Texas fans. Like I've been a Michigan fan and when they were down for a while, you, you just kind of were sad, but Texas fans, they're angry when things don't go their way, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy I wanted to talk about 
it really shouldn't be a surprise. I mean, it's hard not to pick a Georgia player to talk about on defense because their defense is so good. Um, you know, but we saw it again this week. I mean, Jalen Carter continues to prove why he needs to be a top 15 pick this year. Um, you know, even he's probably best as a kind of a, a, a one gap guy. Like you, you put him in a gap, let him roll because he can just violently dominate. And um, it'll be interesting to see what the league does with him. For me, that's the thing where I'm like, okay, he's six, three, he's like what, three, five, three, ten, somewhere in that range. Like I'm excited to see what the NFL wants to do with him because this guy, I mean, we saw some great Georgia defensive linemen drafted here recently. This guy could be one of my favorites coming out. I mean, I, I really like his game. Um, could he be somebody's three tech? Could he rush off the edge? It wouldn't surprise me if somebody tried to make him an edge on a three, four. I mean, he's, he's just really talented. So I, I wanted to highlight it. I haven't got to talk much Georgia football, um, but you're down there in the SEC. What do you see down there? Is, is this Georgia defensive line as real as it looks? That's pretty good. And uh, actually, Jalen Carter was my defensive player of the week last week. Oh, so, yeah, it was. So, so yes, uh, this guy continued. Uh, consecutive weeks now in mock drafts. Uh, mine, I had him as a top four pick. Uh, this week, Shane has him going uh, fourth overall to the Eagles because that's fair. What? No, they can't draft another defensive lineman that early. <laughs> With that linebacking group, they really need to draft a linebacker. Not top five because there's no way there's a linebacker up there, but Eagles need some linebacker help. Maybe another guy in the secondary. Like That would be disgusting if they take Carter and pair him <laughs> with, oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, go grab an offensive lineman. If you're the Eagles and you have that top five pick at that point, pick one of these linemen we've been talking about. All right, Brad. Let's uh let's roll through Week Twelve here. Uh, look at the games that me and Shane have on the docket this week. Uh, Fifteen games, uh, including the one last night between Ohio and Ball State, which saw uh, newly minted to our watch list Curtis Rourke, quarterback from Ohio, get injured, uh, which we didn't expect him to enter the draft anyway. Right. Uh, tonight I am watching Western Michigan and Central Michigan, which that game is currently going on in a blizzard. Yep. Uh, or as somebody on Twitter put it, uh, they played a neutral site game on the planet Hoth. <laughs> um, as long as nobody gets in a bant, I guess we're okay. Yeah, uh, Thomas Incoom is is the is a is the best player I think, uh, best prospect in this game, the edge rusher for the Chippewas there. Yeah, probably. I, I struggle with you know when I when you sent me the the games you were watching and I'm looking at this game, I'm like. I don't know if they necessarily have a really exciting name to watch this year, which is weird because normally one of these two teams has somebody. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't hate that option. I think Incombe is the only player that gets drafted. Where So if you're if we're hot-taking, where do you think he goes? Is he a day three guy? I think he's a day three guy, yeah. Um, tomorrow night, Shane will be watching SMU at Tulane. We've already talked about Rasheed Rice. That game's at 6.30 p.m. on ESPN. Uh, we've talked about Rasheed Rice and what he brings. Uh, Tanner Mordecai, we talked about briefly last week for his ridiculous 47-touchdown uh, performance against Houston. That he had um, Tulane. I'm a big fan of their running back, Tajay Spears. Uh, they have a linebacker that's at the Senior Bowl, uh, Nick Anderson, or, or is it, I'm sorry, Dorian Williams mm -hmm. is uh, Nick Anderson uh, could also at some point uh, get an all-star invite. Uh, and their quarterback, Michael Pratt, I don't think he enters the draft, but he's he's pretty good. No, he needs to stay. He needs to stay a little bit longer. I think that, that would do him 
uh, just the reps and the and and do justice there. What do you think about Deuce Watts, the the wide receiver? I, he hasn't played the couple of games that I've watched of him. See, his uh, brother Fat Watts has played, but uh, he hasn't. That name uh, always makes me laugh. Watts was one of those guys that had my list. I just haven't watched a lot of Tulane this year, so he's a guy that I wanted to see had an intriguing skill set. But I yeah, I've, I've hit him up. Yet. I've hit him up a couple of times so far. Uh, Friday night, 8 p.m. on ESPN2, I'll be watching South Florida and Tulsa. And I'm going to be honest, I made a list of teams that I haven't watched this year. Tulsa was mm-hmm. one of them. So I figured I'd go ahead and get it out of the way. Uh, most of the draftable South Florida prospects are hurt. So <laughs> that they're not here. Uh, kind of going to focus on Keelon Stokes, a uh, receiver from Tulsa, who is another one of those we've talked about. Uh, Bolitnikoff, uh, uh, I voted on that. Uh, to pair that down today. And uh, he was one of the uh, higher uh, reception total guys this year, uh, Keelan Stokes. The running back from, uh, what is it, Prince? He's a guy that I like to size, speed. I haven't, I'm with you. I haven't watched a lot of Tulsa this year, but uh, Prince was a guy that I had, a, I wanted to come back and look on just because he had a good size, speed combination. And, and the little bit I watched last year, I was like, oh, maybe there's something there. But I haven't watched anything on him yet either. But yeah, Stokes is. Great, really interesting prospect. Odd kickoff time Saturday morning, 10 a.m. on ESPN2. Shane will be watching Navy at UCF, and I don't hate it, the 10 a.m. kickoff time. Uh, Not a whole lot from Navy this year uh, as far as prospect goes, but uh, UCF has a couple of intriguing intriguing players. Uh, I'm a fan of Ricky Barber, their interior defensive lineman. I don't know what to make of John Reese Plumley. I know he's not an NFL quarterback. Uh, I think he's more along the lines of going to be a major league baseball player uh, more than anything. If we want to get right down to it, uh, anybody else from from this game for you? Barber would be the guy that I'm most intrigued about just because of his just because of his size and, size and speed. Um, I think a team would be excited about grabbing him and making him a three four edge guy. You know, I think he's got an interesting get off. He's one of those that, that will be fun to watch throughout the draft process and how he does. Um, I think this game is probably going to be a little easier for him, you know, just because of what he's going up against, but still a fun one to watch. Uh, 11 a.m. on ABC. Shane will be watching Illinois at Michigan. I know you are a huge fan of Chase Brown, the uh, Illinois running back. We've already talked about uh, your other crush there, Blake Corum, uh, the running back from Michigan. Um, we've talked about Witherspoon and uh, Sidney Brown, I think, has already accepted mm-hmm. as well. Or has – I can't remember. I don't think he has. Not Sidney Brown, but Witherspoon has. Yes. So, um, any other Michigan guys here that uh, in, intrigue you other than Corum? Uh, probably more so just because of the, the story behind it, but um... – uh, Ronnie Bell has an amazing story. I mean, coming back from the injury, being the Penn State game where he dropped the touchdown as a freshman and everyone hated it. Like, he's got a great story. I just don't know that he's got enough to beat out so many of these other NFL wide receivers. He's got – he's a better worker than most people, though, which is, I think, what teams may, you know, look at with him. We know that he's been invited to the Senior Bowl. His invite has uh, not been formally accepted yet, but he has been invited. Oh, was he invited? Oh, yes. that's good enough. Uh, he, He'd be if he doesn't send it back, then that's a bad move on his part. He really needs to take every opportunity to show up against competition. 
11 a.m. on Fox Sports 1. I'll be watching Northwestern at Purdue. Northwestern, I mentioned earlier, haven't watched them yet, so I'm going to cross that off the list this week. Uh, Aiden O'Connell is one of the two quarterbacks who have so far committed to the Shrine Bowl. Um, So another chance for him. I watched him earlier this season. Uh, Charlie Jones, their receiver, the transfer from Iowa, another one of those uh, guys who probably – I think he caught more passes in three weeks at Purdue than he did his entire career at Iowa. That, I mean, that's not hyperbole. I think that's, that's a legit true. stat. Yeah, that's probably um, true. So those are the guys to watch in this one uh, as well. I would also throw Durham Payne. He may be on an article that comes out this week, but the tight end from Purdue, um, he's a guy that I really like his his just his willingness as a blocker. I think he's strong, got a nice physicality to him. Um has not shown out because of all the great receivers that Purdue has shown out over the last few years. But he's a guy that I think will be interesting to see how he does uh, in this game. I think he's he has a chance to do pretty well uh, in this matchup. But he's a guy that I really like at the tight end position. He's a little smaller, though, so I don't know. Uh, I think, well, he's 6'5", but I think smaller-wise, he's a little lighter. I think he's only 245, maybe 250, something like that. So I believe he's, I, uh, I believe he's accepted to the Shrine Bowl, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Oh, going to the Shrine Bowl? That would be good. That. Saw that earlier. Uh, I mentioned I thought Sidney Brown had already accepted his invite. That was untrue, but he did accept his invite just minutes ago. <laughs> so we'll just cross – we'll say we talked about that we, one uh, as well because we kind of did. We knew it was uh, coming. Uh, 1 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, Shane will be watching Georgia State at James Madison. I presume – Actually, I don't care to presume what he's watching here. I don't really know. I know I watched Georgia State last week. I'm a big fan, and I know Shane is as well, of their corner, Quavian White. Um, I like uh, James Madison running back Percy Aguayobise. Uh He is committed to the Hula Bowl currently. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm a fan of his game. Uh, anybody in this game for you? Um, he's a – He's a little lighter of a defensive end, but the the kid from James Madison, Isaac Ukwu, yeah, good. He's good. I'll be I'll be, yeah. be really interested to see him play. I would I would be watching this game looking for him. I like him. He's he's one of those guys though. It's hard to project what the NFL is going to see with him because I think he's he's only like six three and he's like two fifty two sixty. So is he a four three guy? Is he standing up in a three four? Like, but yeah, definitely like the player. I'm really intrigued by him. Uh. 2.30 p.m. on the NFL Network, I'll be watching from my Sunbelt column uh, the following week. South Alabama at Southern Miss, and I think this is going to become one of those uh, big rivalries in the Sunbelt as these two schools are separated roughly by an hour and a half, depending on it? how fast you drive. Yeah. Oh. Having oh. been to Hattiesburg many, many times. You know the trip. Uh, I know the trip well, and um, – Spent a fair amount of time there in the uh, early 20s there, uh, Brett. He <laughs> spent plenty of quality time there. We, we, won't, we, won't, we won't go into – this is a family show. We will, fam- we will not divulge but, uh, Yes, uh, but some good players here uh, in this game, and I have talked a lot. I mentioned this a bit. I mentioned this on Twitter, and it kind of took off uh amongst the uh golden eagle faithful but i said last saturday night that we as draft evaluators are not talking enough about southern miss wide receiver jason brownlee Mm. uh this guy is he can man he's fast great hands uh this guy he's going to be on an nfl roster 
at least a 90 man. I, I don't, I'm not going to say he's going to be on the fi- a 53 man, but I think he's talented enough to be. And uh, so the matchup I want to see in this game is him against South Alabama corner, Daryl Wooter Jr., who I think could be a uh, early day three player at the uh, cornerback position. I like that matchup. A player that I was thinking about when you, you know, when I saw the matchup was, uh, he's a safety, Keith Gallman. He's a safety for South Alabama. He's like five, nine, but he looks to me like when I, the little bit of South Alabama watch, because obviously you being close, you've probably seen a whole lot more than me. Um, when I watch him, I'm like, man, he'd be a really fun nickel because he's he's really physical. But they have him as a safety, I think. I, I, typically, when I've seen him play, they've had him in the safety position. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, Brownlee's one of those guys where this process really could show how talented he is because he will go wherever he goes. He will look better than a lot of the guys that are around him because he's, he's fun to watch. I mean, I haven't watched nearly as much of him as I'd like to. Uh, he's on my list to watch. But I've, I've watched a couple games and watched some stuff on YouTube, and I'm like, wow, this kid's – He's got he's got some special stuff. Uh, anxious also to see Ladamian Webb, running back from South Alabama. I think mm. he's starting to become uh, a better prospect than he was, and Frank Gore Jr. as well as a talented player. Oh, Gore, yeah. Um, so some good players in this game. I mean, uh, more than the Navy, right? You know. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, Three o'clock on the SEC Network. I'll be watching Western Kentucky at Auburn, and. I chose this game because up to this point, I haven't watched Auburn. I was surprised really? by that. I, I was shocked. I, I would look through the list. I'm like, how have I not watched Auburn this year? Like I said, they've had five players uh, invited to the senior bowl. Only one thus far has accepted, Eku Leota. But Derek Hall, uh, their edge rusher, who's a really good player. Um, Nehemiah, Nehemiah Pritchett, uh, their corner. Uh J.J. Evans, not J.J. Evans, I'm sorry, uh, D.J. James, mm-hmm. uh, their other corner transferred back from Oregon, who's a Mobile native, uh, has also uh, been invited. So, And Owen Papo was the other who, who has been invited. Has well Reed um, from Western Kentucky, has Reed been invited to anything? Uh, he's has not that I I'll know of. Uh, he's a, a guy fifth, I'd like to watch more. A fifth-year player who I think can go back, and I believe he probably will. Can if he I really? had to guess, yes. That's the problem, man. We don't know. Man, I because I was thinking the, about the, the, the COVID stuff's list. got everything and the eligibility all messed up. Uh, but he is he played his originally played his college ball not far from here uh, in Pensacola at uh, University of West Florida. Oh, uh, really? And transferred up, and now he's one of the you know. Has one of the highest completion rates in the country. Saying, it's close to 70%. It was it 67, yeah. 68 or something. I mean, it's really good. And uh, another player for Western Kentucky, when I watched them earlier in the season, that just really stood out to me was their corner, Kalef Halasi. Uh, if you haven't put your eyes on him, uh, number 12 there, really good player oh. for, for the Hilltoppers. Sure. I mean, I've, I've watched like two games so far this year. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure I've seen him. I was watching more for Reed, though, uh, just because I, I really thought he would have the potential to come out this year. But if he could go back another year, I probably would in his case. But, yeah, the, the cornerback position, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if some of these guys really made a name for themselves throughout the draft process. Because look at the league as it is now. You can never have enough corners because there's not – I mean, how many elite corners do we have right now? Not many. So there's always room for more. 
uh, 4.30 p.m. on ESPN2, I'll be watching Georgia Tech at North Carolina. Haven't watched Georgia Tech this year, so wanted to get uh, my eyes on a few of those players. But obviously the prize, excuse me, in this game uh, is not eligible for this draft. <laughs> and that's quarterback Drake May. Uh, but he's got a couple of wide receivers that are eligible for this draft, and that's uh, Antoine Green and uh, Josh Downs. Uh, Josh Downs, potential uh, top 100, uh, maybe even a second round uh, receiver. Yeah, I see them, you know, because I obviously tag all of our mock drafts when I'm when I'm writing articles. So I look through our mock drafts and see what you guys are doing. Downs consistently seems to be one of those guys that you both think has chance to really push for early when it comes to wide receivers. So what what do you like about Downs that makes him that stands out from the crowd? To be honest with me, it's more holdover of what I saw a year ago and his ability to stretch the field and make the big plays. Um, you haven't seen as much because he's been injured right. uh, a little bit this season. So that's another reason why I, when I watched earlier this watched them earlier this season, uh, I don't think he played. So that's another reason why I wanted to get this game in to see be able to see downs and see how he's playing with Drake May, who is obviously – as the season has gone on, it's become one of, if not one of, if not the best uh, passer in college football right now. I mean, he's it's crazy Looks what really he's good. what he's doing right now. So, as a redshirt freshman, uh, six p.m. on Fox Sports One, I'll be watching Texas Tech at Iowa State. We mentioned earlier Tyree Wilson. Uh, we mentioned Will McDonald and Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa State. I haven't watched the Cyclones this season, so uh, wanted to get them off the uh off the list here as well uh anybody else from texas tech maybe that uh you, you think bears attention i was i was just pulling up my my notes on texas i've only watched i think i've only watched one texas tech game this year but outside of their defense there hasn't been a lot that i've been super excited i mean draft wise haven't been super excited about um you know mostly guys that well no what's the uh, the defensive back williams He's like 6'3". Uh, Rayshad Ray Williams. Yeah, Ray Williams is a guy that I – he hasn't looked amazing in, in the bit that I've watched, but because of his size, I'm really intrigued by seeing him. Like, I want to I see what he maybe has potentially at the next level because he is such a big – he's got pretty good physicality about him. Uh, I don't know who's going to be matched up on Hutchinson, but that matchup is what I'd want to see is whoever the top Texas Tech corner is against Hutchinson. 6.30 p.m. on ABC, Shane will be watching Bedlam, Oklahoma State at Oklahoma. Uh, the wheels kind of fell off uh, for Oklahoma State a few weeks ago. Uh, Oklahoma, I did not think that they would be scratching and clawing to go to a bowl game, uh, but here we are as they sit at 5-5 five and five, uh, right now. Uh, we mentioned Eric Gray, or I did earlier, and the player he's been this season. Um I watched last watched them last week mostly to see their offensive tackle Anton Harrison because Shane had, you know, mentioned to me that he's a stud and I need to watch him, and he he was pretty good last week. I'll give him that. Uh, Oklahoma State uh, Spencer Sanders when he's healthy has been a really good uh, has been an emerging prospect to me more so than he was in previous years, and I'm a big huge fan of their uh, defensive lineman Tyler Lacey. <laughs> that's the name I have marked on my on my sheet to, to bring up as the guy. I I think he's really interesting. I love his size. I love his physicality. I mean, 
he's been an honorable mention like every year. I mean, the coach is honorable mention in the AP. I mean, this guy, it, it seems like everybody sees the stuff. So I, w- I would be interested in this game to see how he, how they use him to attack that Oklahoma team. Cause it could, this game could go either way just because these type of rivalry games, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, 8 p.m. on ESPN2. I'll be watching UAB at LSU. I've watched LSU several times, and what a year Brian Kelly's had turning that team around, instantly going to play in the SEC championship game where they're going to get slaughtered by Georgia. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, It's still a sign, right? (laughs) But we're all – the trajectory is going up, as they say. Uh, mainly I'm watching this game for one player and that's, I haven't watched, I said, I haven't watched UAB and I want to see Dwayne McBride, uh, their running back after seeing him in the top five running backs, uh, via Mel Kuyper Jr. A few weeks ago, it intrigued me Yeah, that I haven't watched them play. So that's mainly my focus on this one is UA on the UAB running back. They've got, yes, absolutely. You're hundred percent right. That's the best player to watch their defensive. They're, they're kind of their their defensive line and their linebackers have a couple of interesting names. Uh, Sanders, who's an outside linebacker, kids like 6'6", 250, got an interesting athletic profile. I'd be interested to see, you know, kind of how he plays against LSU. I mean, because this this will be the most difficult competition UAB is going to face, at least as far as I know this season so far. Um, and then the, the Forte, the defensive lineman, those are two guys. Uh, I think it's Isaiah Forte. Those are two guys that I think are really will be interesting to watch against a, a higher level of competition. I mean, those are guys that are both seniors that could be considered. Last game that we're going to talk about tonight, 9.30 p.m. on ESPN. Shane will be watching Utah at Oregon. Uh, the Oregon National Championship uh, dream ended last week. Uh, so Bo Nix – uh, we'll look to uh, is he healthy enough to play this week? I'm not sure. I know got he banged did, up pretty good, got banged up pretty good last week against Washington, but uh, I, I don't what know. Do you, I, what do you I, make of Knicks? I mean, he kind of fell off and then he kind of didn't fall off, and then people were thinking he was something again. I don't even know what to make of him. I don't know. It's like I can't forget how bad he was the last two seasons. I just can't I can't unsee, I can't unsee that. I know how good he is now, but I remember when they played South Carolina 2 years ago and JC Horn picked him off like 3 times in one game. And they were all bad throws. And it's like he's not he still makes bad throws. He's just making a lot more good throws now because he's not playing at a, no slight on the Pac-12 here, but he's not playing those defenses week in, week out anymore. So, definitely lesser competition. You're absolutely. I right. can't. I can't commit to Bo Nix, NFL quarterback. I just can't do it. Now, well, and especially in this class, I mean, who would you put him above? I mean, there's just nobody. Like, there's nobody where I'm like in the top five where I would even consider him. I mean, there's just too many good quarterbacks that are just so much better than him. I'll be interested to see how the Utah defense fares against them. If they can trick them into some bad decisions, maybe um, get them to throw a pick. You know, uh, what's the safety from is it Hubert, I think, from Utah? He's one of their safeties. He's a guy that I would be interested to see how he plays against them um, because that secondary has a chance to, to maybe make a couple plays here because Nick's there will be times where he just gets errant with those throws and Utah could be – uh, could take advantage of that. So it's I'm with you. It's an interesting game. 
some good cornerback play in this game with Christian Gonzalez from Oregon and Clark Phillips the third from Utah. Uh, oh, two, Phillips, yeah. Two potential, two potential first round uh, corners in that game. All right, that's going to do it for Week Twelve. Uh, that brings us to our nice gambling segment. Now let's transition over uh, odds presented by FanDuel here. Uh, we're back even again. Uh, I lost last week uh, thanks to uh, I don't even remember who I. It was it was San Jose State uh, blew it for me last week. I'm back down to six five and one. Shane ended a three game losing streak last week, uh, so we'll get to Shane's first. Uh, he uh, he graciously dropped it dropped the knowledge to me on the Discord and said he is going with Georgia Southern as a four and a half point dog. He's taking the points at Marshall. So Shane taking Georgia Southern plus four and a half on the road at Marshall. Man, that's gonna be a tough one. I don't know that. I like it, um, but I don't know if you. I don't. I think you might win it this week, depending on what you're going with. Well, I here went basically because Texas A&M hasn't scored thirty points in a game in like two years. They that's are true. a thirty-three and a half point favorite at home against UMass. Texas oh, nice. A&M. 33 and a half at home against UMass. And I know UMass is bad. They are bad. They're not and Texas A&M But are they 33? Are they 34 points bad against Texas A&M? I don't know, but I'm going to bet it to find out. Give me UMass plus 33 and a half. It's funny to think about the two those two lines, and I think you have a better chance of being right than he does. I mean, I'll be honest. Because the, UMass can't be that bad that they're really going to lose by that. But – you know, if you see the ticker and it says 56 to nothing, I mean, that also wouldn't surprise me either. Like, it's like, oh. So I, I think they're both fun takes, right? Because they both have a chance to be right, and they also both have a chance to be very wrong. You like any of these games this week, Brad? Uh, from the betting side, no, I'm not. A, no. I'm not much when it comes to betting. So I would, I would look at your guys's, and and I would guess uh, that you're probably going to win out of the two of you. I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. Uh, let's talk a little fantasy football quickly here, Brad. And I have just one question. I think is very. I'm not that I'm asking for myself, who is on the cusp of barely out of the playoffs here, and I need some advice. So I think other people like me could use this advice. Fire away. Is there a is there a player right now that is pretty much waverable in most leagues that you think can add to a roster and help get a team into the playoffs? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, there so there are some, especially and I mean each position group has some guys, right? So think about all the injuries to tight end. You know, we lost Dallas Goddard this week, Zach Ertz. I mean, there's plenty of guys that have gone down. Um I've been telling people to go pick up like the Darius Slaytons of the world from the Giants. Depending on how deep your leagues are, Darius Slaytons, a guy that's still available in a lot of leagues. But we um, we typically do a waiver wire video each week, and we go through. And if you're looking for quarterback, Marcus Mariota is a guy that should be rostered. And every week I'm telling people to pick up Mariota because fantasy-wise he's producing consistently. Even though Atlanta's a terrible team and they're not, they're just not very good, Mariota is producing well, but when you're looking at, um, if you're looking for wide receiver help, you know, Darius Slayton, Christian Watson from the Packers, Watson came on last week, but nobody's rostered him. If you look at 
ESPN, Yahoo, all these different sites had a below 10% ownership across all of the platforms. If you're looking for running back help, that you're probably looking for for a guy like, um, oh gosh, who do I have? Uh, oh, don't forget Kadarius Tony from the Chiefs. If Kadarius Tony isn't owned, you know the injuries to Juju, the injuries to uh, MVS. You know Tony looked good in that offense. So there's plenty of wide receivers. Nico Collins from the Texans. Uh, a lot of wide receivers. If you're looking for running back, maybe like a like a Jalen Warren from Pittsburgh, because Najee needs volume. They need to they need to kind of lighten that load so Warren gets involved as a pass catcher. If you're looking for tight end help, you know, former uh, Nebraska Cornhusker Jake Stoll in Philly is going to fill in for Dallas Goddard. He could get you some play down the stretch here that could get you some points because Jack Stoll has been involved in their offense. They've gotten a couple passes each week. Not a lot, but with Dallas Goddard out on IR now, he's going to be involved. I mean, each position group has some guys that should be available. But do you take the gamble is the question. I actually picked up three guys off waivers this week. I picked up Brian Robinson, who was available oh, yeah. in our league. He, should, he had to have been. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's great. Uh, I picked up Christian Watson, who was yep. available in our league. And I picked up Cole Komet. How was, was he available? Oh, my goodness. I, I, if I you'd have picked him up last week, I had posted a YouTube short. And I was like, you need to start Cole Komet against Detroit. I wish I, wish I had watched that uh, video there and uh, <laughs> would, have, would have helped me out uh, a little bit last week. As Well, the Chicago's did. offense is just getting better and better. I mean, they're finally doing what they're supposed to do, which is let Fields run around to make the play move with him and move that pocket and find the open game. I mean, and – Yes, they sucked for the first three, four weeks, but this was a new coaching staff. I mean, I'm I'm all in on the Justin Fields as the Bears quarterback of the future. I mean, he looks like they've really built that team around him and they're moving that offense with him. And it's it's fun to watch. I mean, as a Lions fan, I was glad we won, but I mean, he's just so good and he makes teams focus on him to where Cole Komet's wide open down the field by himself. I mean, and you're gonna see that every week. So Cole Komet is a great ad if you need a tight end help. I did. So it was very nice. Let's uh, let's get to some Twitter uh, and chat questions. And I don't think we have any in the Discord. I'll check that right quick. Uh, we do not. So we can skip that. But uh, Twitter, there's a fantasy question here. Uh, who starts and who flexes? Uh, this is from at JohnnyBeGood92 on Twitter. Who starts and who flexes? Kadarius Tony versus the Chargers. DJ Moore uh at baltimore and george pickens against cincinnati i probably got to do Kadarius tony as much as i love george pickens it's hard to trust the weeks where he's going to get you a touchdown and the weeks where he's not going to get you anything so i probably i would probably lean tony if i'm if i'm picking right now see this would be easy for me because i have a no Steelers rule on my fantasy team (laughs) man but george pickens is so good like i I love george pickens but that offense is just all over the place. A man has to have principles, Brad. A man has to have principles. When it comes to fantasy football, you want to win. That's the principle. Win. <laughs> just win, baby. Uh, our favorite Irish commenter, uh, GTN, uh, said, I've heard about their abilities versus the pass and in coverage, but how do two hyped prospects play the run? He wants to know about Jared Verse, the uh, Albany transfer at Florida State, the edge rusher. And Trenton Simpson, uh, linebacker from Clemson, uh, could Simpson play middle linebacker? I think yes, uh, the answer to that. And I think he is of sideline to sideline, uh, 
to, to me, he almost reminds me of a uh, when I was watching Channing Tindall from Georgia last year. I think he's a bigger version of him the way he covers uh, space uh, sideline to sideline. I think that's a I'm not necessarily a comp, but he reminded me of that when I've seen him on tape. Uh, what about Jared Verse against the run? Man, I, there may not be – I mean, Will Anderson obviously clearly won. There may not be somebody just as athletically gifted off of the initial snap as Verse and, you know, just behind Will Anderson. Verse gets off really quick, and I think that will help him get in behind the line of scrimmage to go after running backs. I, I really like his game. I think going to the next level, it'll be interesting to see kind of where a team wants to line him up because he could really shoot gaps and really be a fun play at the next level. How does a guy like that start his career at Albany? I mean, yeah, I, I mean, that's why I like the transfer portal in college football. You know, a lot of people hate it, but I mean, it gets those guys to the big schools now. You know, it's, I think I guess, it's helped him a whole lot more. That's for sure. I think you're 100. Right. Uh, Dwayne Will comments, great show, guys. Appreciate that, Thank you, buddy. Um. So that brings us uh, to the end of the show tonight. Uh, Brad, uh, you're going to talk some tight ends tomorrow on the site there. Um, I am dropping a top, what is it, top 10 or top 12 tight ends for the 2023 draft. But it was hard because my list is actually 24 tight ends that I was trying to figure out which ones to put in there. There's some clear top, you know, three, four, five. But after that, it's what's your flavor? Do you like the guy that can be more of an H back? You know, your Kyle Juszczyk role, which it's, it's just it's fun to look at these tight ends and try to figure out who fits in what scheme moving forward. Uh, Brad, tell everybody where else they can find you other than Draft Countdown. Yeah, definitely Draft Countdown. Um, you can find me on Twitter at RotoHeatBrad. Uh, I do RotoHeat.com is where I do other articles, YouTube.com. Uh, you can type in RotoHeat and you'll find me over there. I basically do all of our all of our YouTube shorts and a lot of our video content, most of our video content, waiver wire videos. That's all fantasy related. So if you want fantasy stuff, I'm over there. But if you want draft stuff, I'm all here at Draft Countdown. Good stuff. And you've been great this year, Brad. I got to say, you and Miranda both have added a ton. Yeah, Miranda's of, uh, awesome. Not- knowledge to the site uh so that's going to do it for tonight's episode of the uh draft countdown podcast uh if you're watching in chat and you're not subscribed to the channel do that uh like the videos if you're listening to us on the audio version of this tomorrow or later in the week or whenever uh be it apple be it spotify be it whatever uh we ask you to give us a nice review give us the old five star rating there uh share it out with all your peeps uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Brad on Twitter at Roto Heat Brad. Follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Hallam. Follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at Draft Countdown. Go to draftcountdown.com for daily NFL draft content. And as always, thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. <laughs>